Welcome to Loyalty and Blood, a Vampire Academy podcast. Today, we will be wrapping up our recaps of book one just in time for the premiere of the new show later this week. I'm Caitlin. And I am Mandy. And I think Caitlin has some pretty exciting news to share. That everyone's favorite vampire has been cast. Uh, that Adrian will be in season one, which is honestly, I had a feeling that that was going to go that way because ten episodes and zero Adrian is <laughs> you incorrect. Just right, right. Um, but he's being played by an actor named Leo Woodall, who I have never, who's never done anything really. I mean, he's done like four small things. I think we when we looked him up. So basically, a brand new dude. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, Adrian's supposed to be like a tall and skinny, floppy haired dude, right? And so if they get the hair right, they can probably pull this off with this dude. I feel like, and I'm the first to to admit that I, I do get attached to them getting a look right, even though it's really not that important. But Adrian really just needs to have his personality correct, you know? Mm-hmm. Because he's kind of a little chaotic. A little chaotic. Yeah. That's a polite way to say that. Well, anyways, they need to get his chaos correct. <laughs> I think they will. Um, but who knows? I hope There's so. lots of stuff going on. But we will talk about that in our next episode. This episode is all about the ending of book one. I feel like, so as we know, I've been listening to the audiobook um, during my reread today. Today. Recently. Um... And these last chapters in the audiobook were like just over an hour. And so, but so much happens. So I feel mm-hmm. like the beginning was so slow and mm-hmm. like, and everything is in these last couple chapters. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely things picked up here. Um, thankfully. Um, I mean, cause book one really is all mostly exposition, but I think I fell in love with the character so much that it didn't bother me when I read it. Right, because that's what it is. It's world building and character development. Well, kind of. Kind of character development. Maybe character introductions? Yeah, that it go is. go on forever and ever. It is kind of like setting everything up for mm-hmm. the rest of the books. But it's also just like highly readable. Like yeah. it's a quick read, you get through it, and then you just want to devour more. Even if you're not entirely sure that it was a good book. Right. But it is. Yeah, no, I, I like think- it, but... Especially you on the I mean. rereads, it's so clear that she, that Rochelle Mead had a vision for the entire series. Yes. Because there are things in book one that just seem so, like nothing, that on a reread, you're like, oh, she's planting seeds early on. Yes. I think I'm, I know exactly what you're talking. I assume we're talking about the same conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's more than one, but yeah. Oh, I was, talk- <laughs> there's one in particular, I feel like, oh, well, that's. The yeah. plot of seas of books four and five, right there. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I was re rereading it this afternoon, and I was like, "Hmm, that's gonna come up again." Well, yeah. so. But before all that, Rose and Lissa get to go shopping. 
Rose and Lissa get to go shopping. Rose is supposed to still be on house arrest. But oddly enough, Dimitri is one of the people who convinced Karova to let her go shopping because she can play Guardian and have it be part of her training. I do like this because it does show that Dimitri has respect for Rose mm-hmm. in more than like he does. Despite her not being his equal, I do think he sees her as an equal. Or at the very least, potential to be his equal. Like, he recognizes how strong her drive is to be a guardian for Lyssa and to protect Lyssa. Yes. And he wants to give her every opportunity to train for that and to continue to increase her strength, her knowledge, her awareness. And I don't think anybody else has ever seen Rose quite like that, except for Lyssa, because Lyssa has put herself in Rose's hands so, oh my God, what is the word that I'm looking for? Completely? Just, yeah, so completely, without question, without hesitation. Mm-hmm. And Lissa's the only one Rose has ever gotten that from. And so I think it's important for Dimitri to, to see her that way too, as a mentor and a teacher. Yeah, when I say she's not his equal, I mean specifically because of the power imbalance in their relationship, not because there's anything right. lesser about Rose. Right. I mean, she's she's just still she's a student and yes. he's a guardian, so yes. she's she's not his equal. So. Oh, I guess we have to say that just while they're discussing the shopping trip, there is another dead animal in um Lissa's backpack and Rose stops her from healing it. Yes. And um what's that three now? I think three, yeah. The fox, the rabbit, and now a dove. Somebody really likes killing animals and freaking Lissa out. And they're all, like, pretty animals. Like, why not a I raccoon? Know. No, I want Although, a pet raccoon. Don't say such things. I was I, I was just going to say, actually, raccoons are pretty cute. Um, But, you know, there, there's other less pretty animals. Like, why a dove? Why not a pigeon? Yeah. Like, I get that they're technically, I think they're the same bird. But, like, the different words have different connotations to them. They absolutely do. I mean... While we're at it, just, you know, do a vulture or something. Well, I don't know if Montana has vultures. I feel like any place that has livestock would have vultures, but I don't actually know such things. I think of vultures as being kind of deserty and Montana as being mountains. Oh, we have vultures here in North Carolina. We call them buzzards. I have no idea what your vegetation is like. You could be in a <laughs> desert for all I know. That's fair. There are, there are no deserts in North Carolina. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. I feel the need to reiterate that I am not American. I'm, I'm not stupid. I just don't live in America. Okay, great. Oh. <laughs> for, for people listening who might not have picked up on that. Right. Because listening to you talk, no one would ever guess you're Canadian, eh? Do I say eh? No, you don't. Okay, great. Because <laughs> I have... I, okay. I'm, mm-hmm. You just... On some words, you have a very Canadian inflection. Oh, I'm sure I do. I 100%. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Shopping. Right. So they're shopping. Uh, Natalie and some girl named Camille, who has apparently come up before, but I have no memory of her. They're going and Lisa and Rose. And it's all very normal teenage shopping girls trip, you know? Except. Oh, yes. Rose, well, a couple things. Apparently, Rose has decided that she only wants to wear completely uh, practical and utilitarian shirts and jeans and none of the frilly, girly items Lissa wants to buy for her. Except, of course, that um, Rose's outfit is exactly what I wore in high school. <laughs> Turtlenecks, practical pants. 
Right. But they do kind of go out of the way to let us know that this is out of character for her. Yes. So there's that. And um, I forget where I was going with that. I think we're supposed to see Rose as having like turned over a new leaf. Mm-hmm. You know, rededicated herself to being serious about this whole guardian thing, even though she's always been serious about it. But all I see is her stamping out her personality to be a servant to her best friend. But whatever. You know, I think that's a that's a fair interpretation because she is kind of doing that. She is so she is willing to do whatever it takes for Lissa at her own expense. And I I hate that for her. Mm hmm. And I hope that in this book series, um, we get to see a dynamic shift on that. Yes. Um, and then we have some important kind of, we finish off the backstory of just of um, Rose and Lissa running away. Oh, you don't want to talk about them seeing the Rose, getting the, wanting the Rose necklace, since that's going to be important later? Sure. Lissa does convince Rose to buy one pretty dress for the dance. Mm -hmm. And I can't. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't remember how much it's in the book or how much I'm just imagining it. But I assume Dimitri is just staring at Rose this whole time. And most <laughs> especially when uh, Lissa convinces her to get to this apparently very sexy dress. Um, You know, I'm going to go ahead and say probably not because they did have a small section in the book um, about how Rose would be the near guard and Dimitri would be like further back in perimeter. Mm. So he's probably not even actually in the store with them if it's like one of those small boutiques in the mall. If it's a department <laughs> store, he would be, but They're half otherwise... vampire. He's got like eagle eyesight, I've decided. All right. I don't think maybe. there's anything in the text to back that up. Yeah, yeah, no. I do like that Rose laments that she can't try on any of the clothes. Yes. Which is nice because later she asks Dimitri, am I ever going to be able to try clothes on again? And I'm like, that's probably not what I would have been thinking about at that point. But she is a teenage girl. So that's kind of on par. I guess there's there's something to be said for asking one question, like asking a question that is one thing. But you're really asking, will I ever have free time again? Yeah. And there's there the answer is yes. Complicated scheduling. Uh, they also, oh. I guess it's important to note that Lissa is bankrolling this trip because she is mm -hmm. a, rent, a rich, more, I hate the word Maroi. Maroi. I cannot say it. Royal. Um, Royal, but, there we go. But, um, they, and she does find a pretty rose necklace that, that she thinks will look good with the dress for Rose, even though Rose says she hates getting rose things. Mm -hmm. But even that is too expensive for our rich princess's bank account. Then we go back to the school. But on the way back, we have very important Strigoi conversations about killing them when they used to be people. And we find out sort of the ultimate fate of Miss Carp. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I had to kind of turn the page back a little bit because I, I was like, I found myself reading it and I was like, where did this come from? It's like from the middle of nowhere. I feel like a lot of sort of the backstory comes up that way. Mm -hmm. Because like when we in the previous chapters, when we flashed when like Rose and Lissa were at a party and then we flashed back to them at a different party. I remember being like, wait, is this happening now? Like I had to read that twice even. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I usually listen while I'm working. So my brain is in two places. But mm -hmm. but still, it's it's a weird way that she's written them, the the flashbacks. Yeah. So I can't remember the order that we see this, um, because there's a very intense conversation between Dimitri and Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, does that happen before the flashback or after? 
Okay, so I becomes Trigoi before, I think. Yes, I would say it kind of happens, and they talk about what you would want to have happen if you became Strigoi. Would you want someone to kill you so that you wouldn't be hurting people? And then someone says, that's like Mikhail and, and, and Miss Carp and Sonia. And so he, so when Sonia chose to become a Strigoi, he went after her to kill her. And they, they were lovers, is what Dimitri says. Right, right. That's right. And then I guess when um, Lissa sort of calls Rose on that later for having known about Miss Carp becoming a Strigoi, and that's when we get the flashback of Rose finding out about it. Right. And this is also kind of when Rose brings to Lissa a lot of her fears for Lissa. Mm-hmm. About her also going off. Yeah, it's... It's interesting because early on in the book, they kind of make it sound like the reason they left was because Lissa didn't feel safe. She felt like she was being followed. Yeah. But here, Rose makes the decision to leave because she doesn't want Lissa to turn out like Miss Carp. She wants to save Lissa from herself. It has nothing to do with any perceived danger in any other place. Well, Lissa, when they have their last flashback conversation Lissa does say that she feels like she's being followed and it's in that immediate moment that Rose is like all right we're out right now they don't even pack right yeah they just leave and then in the book we we cut back to the present and that's when we find the sexy black dress yes (laughs) it's it's so random (laughs) and the necklace and things and then Rose does ask about ask Dimitri if he likes the dress and he just doesn't answer right yeah yeah, then they uh, they go back to campus, and I think um, Rose is kind of semi-celebrating that she did such a good job on her first kind of official guardian in training in public kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she jumps up on a bench, and that bench kind of gives way under her foot. She falls and seemingly breaks her ankle, and then she wakes up in the infirmary with an ankle that's completely fine. But I mean, important note, Dimitri did carry her to the infirmary. <laughs> he did, yes. And I think Rose briefly calls him comrade um, and then and passes does. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lissa isn't there, but a gift from Victor is there, and it is the rose necklace. To celebrate how well she did guarding Lissa that day. Uh, and then Rose sort of puts together that Lissa must have healed her ankle mm-hmm. because she's sure that she heard it snap and it was going to be real bad. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to look for Lissa because she figures or she goes into her head to look for Lissa because she knows that after using her magic is when she gets really bad. Mm-hmm. And that's when we see Lissa and Christian having a bit of an argument and maybe a little bit of making out. <laughs> I love the way you say that with that, like, question mark. Well, the kind of angry kiss. Yeah. And Christian also let slip in that conversation that he was ignoring Lissa for so long because of Rose. Yeah, I don't think Lissa cares, though, in that moment. I'm sure that didn't help in the following argument that they have. Right. After the hate kiss, Christian leaves and uh, Lissa once again cuts herself. And Rose realizes that she has to tell an adult that she can't just keep ignoring this. Um, So she does. And this, of course, so they go and they find Lissa and they make sure Lissa's safe. But this, of course, makes Lissa 
very angry with Rose. And they have a bit of a falling out. Yeah. Like, I understand the falling out. I understand why Rose did what she did. It was actually probably the first truly responsible thing, decision that Rose has made. I mean, you know, the extra training sessions and stuff and and wanting to be the, the best guardian is responsible. But finally telling someone how badly Lissa is hurting mm-hmm. is the first responsible decision Rose has made about their friendship, I think. But I completely understand Lissa's perspective because she feels violated mm-hmm. and she feels betrayed by her best friend, by the person who loves her the most and who she loves the most. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we have more high school drama uh, because, of course, people saw Lissa being taken to the infirmary in the middle of the night, but nobody really knows why. And Rose and Lissa aren't speaking anymore and nobody really knows why. So, of course, there is many rumors going about. Oh, yeah. Alyssa must be pregnant or something. Yeah. And then we get to the night of the dance Mm -hmm. and Rose just decides to spend it in her room. But Mason convinces her that that's stupid. And she gets into her new dress and she puts on her new necklace and she goes to the dance with Mason. She does bump into Dimitri on the way there because, of course, he had to see her in the dress. Of course. Um, and then I want to see her in that dress. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then, um, she punches Mia. I do love that even though Lissa's pissed off at her, Mm -hmm. Rose still steps in front of her to protect her from Mia. Yes. I guess there is like more the sort of ending of all the drama before that we find out that Mia slept with the two boys to get them Mm -hmm. to lie about Rose, but like blah, 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 high school bullshit. High school drama. Yeah. 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 The important thing here is that Rose didn't let the fight stop her from doing what Rose does. Yes. And she was she was literally just like, oh, I'm probably going to be expelled, but I don't care. I'm punching Mia. Because Mia obviously knew somehow that Lissa had been cutting herself and was going to tell everyone. Right. Um. So then after that, while I think Rose is like under, she's like locked in her room because everyone's like, there's a dance. We don't want to deal with you tonight. <laughs> Which is great. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, she once again gets sucked into Lissa's head and sees Christian get knocked out and Lissa be kidnapped because dun dun dun, this book is about more than high school trauma. <laughs> Who knew? Finally, in the last like what, 40 pages? Yeah. So eventually Rose gets everybody to believe her and then they, oh no, fuck. Oh no, no. I am skipping the most important part. She realizes she needs to go tell Dimitri that Lissa has been kidnapped. So she goes straight to Dimitri's room and knocks on his door. And he answers the door all sexily in just pajama pants, no top. And Rose drools for a moment. And then they both lose their goddamn minds. Yeah, but like she can't, she she knows she has to be thinking about Lissa. But Hot Boy is too hot. Yeah, and the more the more that they're together, the more she f- forgets anything else in the outside world. Like every time she starts to think about Lissa, like there's this fuzziness that kind of wants to pull her away. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, she sees Dimitri again, and she's just like, no. And she's just so excited because she's never been naked in a bed with a boy before. Oh yeah, and... he just like takes off the dress. Oh yeah, so like this is gonna happen, but. Um... For some reason, and I I still don't entirely understand this, he decides to take off the necklace too? Like, I don't know why you would do that. Uh, plot, plot device? Yeah, <laughs> plot plot device. Did it. Um, So yeah, he takes off the necklace and immediately Rose feels slightly clearer headed. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and she starts trying to say something about Lissa, and then he comes back closer to her, and she loses it again, and they just start, you know, making out, and then he steps back, and they kind of go back and forth for a minute until he finally figures out there's something wrong with this necklace and throws it out the window, because <laughs> that's what you do. Yes. You just throw things out the window. Yes, but then wrote, uh, they have their minds come back to them, and Rose is like, whoa, Lissa's been kidnapped. We got to do something. Right. And then eventually they like they tell the higher ups in the school, somebody finds a Christian who's hurt and that convinces them that Rose isn't bullshitting them. And then Rose uses her connection with Lissa to lead them to them, Mm -hmm. her. Right. To follow them. This is where we find out that it's Victor Dashkoff that has kidnapped her. Yes. Um, everyone is shocked because they think it's Strigoi that have come in to the campus, but it's not. These were guardians. Um, and then Rose recognizes them and realizes it's Victor Dashkoff's men, um, and they don't understand why mm-hmm. um, he's done this, but they go, they go find her. And when they get to the cabin, as per usual, Rose is commanded to stay in the car. She's done enough. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Well, before that, we do have Victor's exposition as seen through Rose in Lissa's head, which is that he knew that Lissa could heal people ever since the accident when she healed Rose, who was dead. She brought Rose back from the dead. And that's why they have this bond that they have. Mm-hmm. And um, Victor wants Rose to basically be his healing slave to heal his disease which will keep coming back so she has to stay with him forever to keep healing him and it's okay because he's going to fix all the problems in the world in the world yep he's going to make sure she doesn't go insane doing this for him so that he can continue to benefit from her healing mm-hmm. he's going to bring the Maroi back to their former glory where they used to train alongside their guardians and he's just going to be the most awesome ruler that ever ruled yeah he's not evil definitely definitely not um so she does heal him because of torture oh that was hard yeah to read that Lisa, like it, that both Lisa and Ro and rose get to live through the torture too that's fun yeah. I am not a claustrophobic person, but when I think of the idea of forcibly not being able to breathe, mm-hmm. that to me is the closest to claustrophobia I will ever feel. But it, it induces like a near panic in me. Like I can't. Like that's the worst thing to me. Well, second to spiders. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I got to learn rather, rather recently that I am indeed quite claustrophobic. Oh, no. Uh, hmm. Don't recommend if if you ever have to have an MRI for the first time in your life and the doctor's like, do you want some drugs for that? And you're like, no, I'll be fine. I don't care about small spaces. No, just say yes, because the text (laughs) can't give you drugs once you're freaking out. Right. Oh, anyways. Yeah. But listening to them talk about how all the different ways this dude's using air air magic to torture Lissa was really, really hard for me to read and. Like, to realize that they're both experiencing it is just even worse. And I, you know, I'm not looking forward to seeing that on the screen when we finally do. So then, yes, they leave Rose in the truck, but she sees that uh, Lissa tries to escape because this stupid one-way connection means Rose can't get a message to Lissa. 
Right. So then Rose knows that she's running away from the guardians who are coming to save her. Anyways, but then also Christian stowed away in the car. So then the two of them run after Lissa. And then there's some demon dogs. Kill Christian. Yes, who kill Christian. Uh, but then Lissa brings him back. So now yeah. they are both shadow kissed, which is what it's called when you're brought back to life. Right. Oh, and I mean, we get an explanation about like spirit being the fifth element. See, there's so much that happens in just these few chapters. Yes. Like, we're in the last third of the book, and this is when we get all the information. Like, it's not that Lissa hasn't specialized in anything. She specialized in spirit, which is something that the Maroi think don't exist anymore. Or they forgot but, that it ever did. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, lots more exposition from Victor, because, of course, the bad guys always have to have an expositional monologue. He gets like three, though. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. Stupid Victor. But the Guardians come in. I'm not going to say they save the day because they're not the ones who actually save Lissa, but they are the ones who... Um, they arrest him. They arrest him and take him back. But Lissa heals Christian in front of Alberta. And so this is something that now at least... The guardians and the like, mistress, headmistress Karova, they all know about Lissa's powers now. Yeah. No more secret. Um, the other interesting thing is that they they talk a lot in the in this last section about putting Lissa on drugs, antidepressants, and anti anxiety medications. Um, the first one when they brought her in after she cut herself, they put her on an antidepressant. Then, but then after this kidnapping thing they put her on even more medication and I want to kind of follow that line through the next couple of books and see if they continue to talk about it kind of as negatively as they do I mean to be fair Rose says that like she's she's happy that you know she she's happy that she's on the drugs that yeah because she won't cut herself anymore or hopefully you know, because they do make her feel better Mm -hmm. But it is also mentioned that it cuts Lissa off from her magic. Mm -hmm. And she misses it. Yeah. So, um, And I do think that that is done as a plot device and not as a commentary on antidepressants. But it also does kind of come off that way. Yeah. I guess I'm just more sensitive to it than I used to be. Yeah. No, so. it, it does suck that she's basically saying you can choose to be in a good place or you can choose to be powerful. But not both. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Then we get another uh, expositional scene between Rose and Victor while he's in his little prison cell at the academy. I mean, we should mention that Dimitri really uh, turned Rose down before this. Kind of broke her heart. Yeah. He, he said that he just wasn't interested in her. And like, it wasn't just the age thing. He was just not into her at all. Yeah. And that it was I just the spell. Yeah, I do appreciate, though, like, he does tell her that she should report him. Yes. Um, and I think that goes a long way towards what you were talking about at the beginning of the book, where this is really not an okay relationship, right? Like, so Dimitri sees it, too. I mean, that doesn't, um, I mean, spoilers, that doesn't stop it from happening. Well, I know, but... Um, at least here we, in the beginning, he's trying real hard. Yeah, we get a little nod to how this is uh, not okay. Um, 
and and he ends that conversation by lying to her and saying, I'm just not interested in you that way. Yeah. And so Rose runs off to Victor, asking him to finish the spell, to end the spell, so that she doesn't feel this way about Dimitri anymore. And Victor, of course, laughs at her because he's evil <laughs> and tells her, you know, the spell is done. It's finished. And so she's like, well, then why do I still feel this way? And he says, because it was already in you. The spell wouldn't have worked if both of you didn't already have feelings for each other. And she's like, no, Dimitri has sworn up and down. He doesn't feel that about me. And Victor's like, he lied. Yeah. And then um, kind of in a surprise twist. Yes. Oh, just Natalie walks in as a strigoi. Yeah. Um, the first time I read this book, I did not see that coming. I honestly didn't see Victor as being evil either until the necklace did the thing. And I realized, shit, you know. But Natalie, I she played her part well. Yeah. And to choose to go Strigoi because her daddy issues are so big. Well, I mean, he's evil and he's raised her. So I can only assume there's some trauma there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know that I think Natalie is evil. Okay, before she turns Strigoi. Right, yes. I, I don't just, know that she's evil. She's just trying so hard to please her father, who is yeah. evil. And I'm sure there has been a lot of manipulation. Right. He's 100% manipulated her. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think Natalie has a line about it's worth it to give up the sun and the magic if it means he can save the Maroi people. Mm -hmm. Because, again, he's going to save the world. Yep. And then Natalie kind of throws Rose against the wall and Rose can tell that she is extremely hurt. But then Dimitri runs in to save the day and I think it kills Natalie. Kills Natalie. Hang on. Hang on. I have to I have to read one of my favorite lines from the oh. entire book. Oh, yes. This, of course. Yes. Because I kind of almost wanted to name the podcast after this. And you were like, no. Yep. And then suddenly he was there charging down the hallway like death in a cowboy duster. If we had named the show that, you absolutely would have been doing the intros because I could not say that seriously. <laughs> Death in a cowboy duster. I love it. I love it. It's so good. But yeah, he dispatches Natalie and, and carries carries Rose off to the infirmary for the third time in like two months. And he she does call him on his lie and he's like, no, no, because we're going to be Lissa's guardians. And if I let myself love you, I'll throw myself in front of you instead of her. Mm-hmm. And Rose understands. Yeah. She totally gets it. And then she has one last revelation before the book ends. She's thinking about Miss Carp. And then mm -hmm. she thinks about what Natalie said, giving up the sun and the magic, and realizes why Miss Carp chose to become Strigoi. She was losing her mind because her, of her magic. And so she chose to get rid of her magic. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now Rose has something else to worry about for Lissa. Well, if... See, now that's another thing, because if the pills keep her from accessing her magic, then they would presumably keep the magic from affecting her. Right. But Lissa's already talked about how she misses it. And so there's no guarantee that she's going to stay on the pills forever. Right. So it is still something for Rose to be concerned about and have to always kind of look out for. And then she has a moment with her crow buddy, raven buddy, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the raven that... uh Lissa resurrected, I guess. Yes. Because the Shadow Kissed Raven. Yes. Shadow Kissed Rose and Shadow Kissed Raven. And they are all part of 
uh, Lissa's zombie army, apparently. Zombie army. Love it. I was going to say entourage, but zombie army is a little bit better. And that is the end of book one of the Vampire Academy series. Yep. And we have the show starting on Friday? Thursday. Thursday, Thursday the 15th. Oh, the 15th. First, first four episodes will drop. Looking forward to watching the show and seeing kind of what they do with all of the stuff. Okay, look, I don't think we have to lie on our podcast here. I think we can say we can watch the show now. Because here's the thing. I want to say to everyone reading this book, we, we have... Peacock was very nice to us and allowed us to access the show early. And we can say absolutely nothing. But I, I just want to say maybe change your expectations. <laughs> Don't lower them or anything like right, that. Right, absolutely. Just, just change, change them. them and keep an extremely open mind. If I could go back in time, I would have perhaps not reread the book first. Yes. Because I think it's going to make me even more nitpicky, but... Mm, yeah. Oh, well. I can see that. I can see that. But, um, yeah, Thursday's going to be a good day for the world when the first four episodes of Vampire Academy are unleashed on the world at large. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what everybody else thinks. And I'm interested to... Because I feel like you and I are trying desperately to save our real discussion for mm -hmm. recording, but we also keep trying to keep talking about it. So it'll be nice to finally get that off our chests. Yes, very much so. But yes, so we will be back in just a few days with episode one of the show. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at LoyaltyBloodPod or email us at LoyaltyAndBloodPod at gmail.com. I'm Caitlin, and you can follow me and find my other shows on Twitter at InferiorCaitlin, or you can see what I'm reading over on Instagram at InferiorCateReads. And I am Mandy Kay, and you can find this show and all of the other Eloquent Gushing shows, including Bake Off, which is coming back, so worth the calories. We'll have new episodes soon at eloquentgushing.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing, or you can reach me on Twitter at Mandy Kay. 